stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello and welcome to episode 218 of Open Red. I am Nick Raziano and joining me is... It's Rob. How's it going, Nick? It's going well. Good to hear from you. You too, man. How was uh, your weekend in Bristol? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's so much fun to be at Bristol. It's, it's just such a cool place. Uh, it's, it really it's, is. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those places you have to go experience. It's you're just so encompassed by this huge arena, and just seeing the cars go around there is just so much fun. Like, there's really a lot of cool places to stand around there and watch. So you can kind of get up to the wall and just watch them how they enter the turn and just how fast they're going. It's yeah, I can't wait for the sprint cars in the super big block uh, series to uh, super dirt car big block series to be there. I know I can't either. You know, it was really cool. Uh, we actually had. The, the late models and UMP modifieds running in Bristol, of course. But then at the same time, the other two divisions that are going to be racing in Bristol just a couple weeks from now at the Bristol Throwdown were also racing this past weekend, of course. Uh, we had the sprint cars uh, run Friday night at Kokomo, Saturday at High State Speedway in Hobsot, Indiana. And the Big Box kicked off their season on, on Saturday night at K&M Speedway, uh, which was also pretty cool. Man, I tell you, though, Kokomo, Hobsot just don't disappoint. And... Uh, what a weekend it was for the Australian James McFadden, uh, the best beard in 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 sprint car racing, hands down. Uh, gets a win Friday night at Kokomo, second place at Hobsot, uh, in in a freaking thriller. Uh, I mean, McFadden's basically on top of the world right now. Yeah, he was definitely the show of the weekend. He definitely put on. Uh, something pretty spectacular both nights. And obviously, uh, everybody knows uh, the, the fun interview he had at uh, Hopsta after the race. Um, so uh, we might not even get to talk to him with him a little bit about that coming up here shortly. Yes, sir. Yes, James McFadden is our guest uh, on this, this week's show. Uh, super fun interview. But first, before we get to the interview, I uh, just want to give you all a word about uh, our sponsor, of course. Uh, as you all know by now, they're still with us. Manscaped, the leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, is back once again as the as sponsor of Open Red, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, Knox Energy Drinks, Sprint Cars. We can't thank them enough for being on board, uh, and we just want to talk to you real quick about what they've got to offer, right, Nick? Let us hear it. All right. So, of course, you can get what they call the Perfect Package 3.0 if you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code OPENRED20. You get 20% off plus free shipping if you use that code. Uh, Have you heard of their Weed Whacker, Nick? Tell us more, please. Well, it is a nose and hair trimmer, and it provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Plus, this way, you get no more gross nose hairs flying in the wind after you take care of things with their Weed Whacker. The Weed Whacker also has a 9,000 RPM motor, and it has a 360-degree rotary dual-blade system to make sure that you get you have maximum confidence while providing maximum hygiene as well. 
That's great to hear. I've never it heard is, this before, so I definitely need to check this out. You know, there's more, Nick. It's incredible. What? You get the crop preserver also in this package. Uh, it's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because, listen, it's like 80 degrees today down here in Charlotte. It's starting to get hot outside, and it is crucial for it is crucial so your ball stop sticking to your leg because, let's be honest, that is the absolute worst. We go to these really hot and dry uh, dirt tracks in the middle of the summertime. There is absolutely nothing worse than when you're dealing with, A, sweat down there, and B, chafing. And that's one of the reasons why you're going to want to use Crop Reviver as well as a spray-on toner for your balls, which will help keep you smelling fresh down there, just like spring flowers, because it's April 12th and spring is sprung. And that's Open Red 20, you said? That is. Open Red 20. Open Red 20 at Manscaped.com. That gets you 20% off plus free shipping. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. Oh, I I thank them. Cannot wait. (laughs) Well, with, uh, without further ado, let's get on to the interview today. As we said, it is the winner from this past Friday night at Kokomo Speedway, the runner-up from this past Saturday night at Tri-State Speedway, Mr. James McFadden. Please take the name or number. And joining us today is James McFadden, driver of Casey Kane's Racing Number 9 car. James, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good guy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, obviously, a great weekend for you, getting that win at Kokomo and the uh, kind of that fun, eventful race for you at Tri-State. Um, also, we don't get to hear it on Dirt Vision. Uh, we saw a little bit of conversation with Carson Macedo after the race. What, kind of walk us through, what, how does a conversation like that go after a, a race like that? Uh, it's all good. Um, Carson and I are uh, you know, pretty good mates, um, obviously, from the travel in Australia that he does and, and me being over here so much, so... We just had a discussion. Um, nothing serious. It's all under the under the bridge now, and uh, move on to the next, you know, seventy races. All good. So you just, um, you know, you if you, if my opinion is, if you're displeased with someone, you you let them know and work it out on the spot, and don't hold a grudge and go to the next race. So that's yeah. That's basically all I said. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about? Those, the way you guys battled in those last few laps that, I, I guess it's fair to put it this way, kicked you off as much as it did? Uh, the Actually, the the last seven laps were a bunch of fun. There was nothing there that, that I found bad. It was just before that that you probably don't see on camera where he just chopped me a, a bit, you know, a bit that I didn't like. And, uh, yeah, I thought I'd <laughs> tell him about it and, and uh, yeah, voice my opinion. But... It is what it is. It's racing. We're going to run into each other at some stage in, in the 80 races, and that's just how it is with, with spring car racing and open-wheel racing. So I have a lot of respect for Carson, and, and uh, I hope he has the same for me. And, you know, like I said, we're water under the bridge now and move on to the next race. Also, you guys have been really strong on the the short tracks. Uh, do you feel that's just from racing on a bunch of them over in Australia, is this, or just fits your driving style best? Um, obviously growing up on the, the shorter tracks helps. I, I have a bit more understanding of the car and, and things to do with my driving style and, um, nothing like Hobstar though. I've never driven on anything like that before. So, um, that was new, but yeah, I, I just think the, the nine guys work really hard at, at having a, an all round great car, but, but right now the, the car's phenomenal on, um, short tracks and 
I'm hoping uh, that that it's the same on the big tracks. It's, it's a completely different driving style for me. You know, on the biggest stuff, I, I struggle a lot more with with feedback and and you know helping out with the car side of things. So I feel like we're strong um, at every every short track we can go to, and uh, hopefully, like I said, it, it leads into being stronger at the bigger tracks. <clears throat> uh, you use the word phenomenal on the short tracks, and I, I would say phenomenal is a perfect way to describe your your past weekend, a win on Friday night at Kokomo, second place at, at Hobstock, and honestly, phenomenal so far in your six races, five top tens, three top fives in those six races. Are you surprised at how quickly you've been able to jump into the seat and immediately go right to the front of the field? Uh, no, not really. Uh, obviously, it's 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 what I'm employed to do. It's it's why Casey's got me in the car. It's, um, <clears throat> I just think you know this is going on our our third year as as a team together, and you know, and like Brad touches a lot when you interview him about how you know they've got a great team chemistry and and been working together a long time. So, I think the longer we work together and and the more we understand each other, the better we're going and. You know, I, I expect to come here and, and battle for wins. Obviously, that's the goal, and, and that's what you're here to do. So I don't think it's a surprise, but, you know, weekends like, you know, this weekend I, I haven't had in my career. So it's great for the confidence, um, and hopefully I think that's the hardest part is, is keeping it rolling. After you guys were really strong right out of the bat um, when you first started driving that nine car for KC, Um I know you'd had some experience uh, over here before, but what was it when you got that team that you felt just um, helped you find speed so quickly with them? Uh, just great people. Um, you know, Dustin, as a crew chief, has, has been on the road a long time and worked with some great drivers. And, you know, having Casey in the background uh, helping a lot with, you know, with my driving, a bit of a driver coach. And, you know, Justin's a, a great uh, coach as well he's really good for my mindset um and i think that's the biggest thing you know you come over here and i'd, I'd always do 20 races 25 races and go home so it was really hard to just come in in a in a car that i don't drive a lot jump into a car and, and expect to go fast in 20 races where these guys you know that's been their job for you know on the road for 10 15 years so they understand how it works and and i think that for me is probably the biggest thing they just get into my head in the right in the right way and and uh yeah give me a lot of confidence in in my driving and 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 the race car how did your relationship with casey and this team uh come about i I remember you stepping into the car i believe it was two years ago when uh casey got a, a little bit hurt in a crash i believe it was at williams grove uh and then you filled in throughout most of that year for him i think you ran 18 races or so that year 22 races, like you said last year. How did that relationship get started, and now get to the to the point where it is now that you're now running uh, the rest of the full season with them? Yeah, I think the the relationship started through Willie Kane. Um, I drove his car for Trophy Cup uh, a long time ago now, five or six six years ago or so. Um, and then you know, obviously got to know Casey through seeing him at the track, and, and through Willie and. Um, obviously been friends with Brad and stuff from his travels to Australia. So I just, you know, basically just hang around him a little bit with you know, friends with everyone. And um, then I drove Casey's car, the four car, 
um, at Lernerville for a race, and we were we were okay. And then um, he got me back over, and I did was supposed to do the national open, and it and it rained out. So yeah, so he's only yeah. I've just the... yeah, I've just That's sort right. of <clears throat> just sort of been around for a while. Um, and then obviously when when Casey was injured, um, you know, sure I was lucky right. enough to fill in. So yeah, it worked out that way. I know we'd uh, talked before, and you mentioned um, maybe you weren't uh, didn't want to run the full uh, tour, but didn't leave the door closed on that. What made you decide to uh, want to come on and run the tour full time this year? Now, uh, just circumstances of life. I think um, you know the the option was really realistically uh, never there at, at the time, and I was pretty content with with starting to you know try run my business at home a little better and and you know probably not race over here as much and and still race you know 40 or shows 40 odd shows at home and um and then obviously last year we we did okay and and the the idea got started to get thrown around and it was um just sort of worked out great with obviously the, the birth of of my child and um and then my partner having to shut her business down while while that happens and sort of all worked out kind of perfectly that it was a free opportunity to to come you know to to come here and and have a crack at it at least and and see how we shaped up I everyone talks about how hard it is and and it's a a dream of mine to one day have done and and I just didn't think I was going to get there or, or be in the right opportunity so it was sort of something that I started to put on the back burner and yeah circumstances change and here we are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you mentioned uh, the the birth of your child. Obviously, I think just about everyone at this point knows that the reason why you missed the, the first few races this year was because you wanted to stick around in Australia for that, and who could blame you? Uh, just how special has it been for you the, these last few months, becoming a father, coming back over to America, winning races almost immediately? It seems like it's probably been uh, a whirlwind for you these last few months. Yeah, absolutely. Um um, halfway through house renovations and it's uh we got we got a lot going on but um you know everyone can explain to you you know that's had a child how cool it is but until you do it it's it's just a such an amazing experience and um something that I'm cherish forever and I'm and I'm glad that you know we were able to to miss those races and I thank the outlaws for for allowing me to do that and it's uh it's something that that I'm extremely grateful for it's an amazing experience like I said it's you you look I actually look at him and like wow that's that's mine <laughs> well <laughs> um but yeah life, life definitely is has changed a lot um it was super tough to leave I only know you know sort of knew him for, for two or three weeks and and had to come over so I had to come over because the boss was running too good but um yeah it's it's just a like I said an, an amazing experience and and you never knew you could love something as much as i i do now so yeah it's, it's super cool and then and then to be on the outlaw tour is is a dream so this year for me so far has been you know probably the best by far and something that i'll cherish forever it's uh yeah it's really cool i've got a great partner and um you know she allows me to come away and and hopefully those guys can get over here uh in may it's just it's just so hard to travel um hence why i had to um, because of the 
you know, the 14-day quarantine and all the permission stuff you have to go through to, to leave the country. So, yeah, it was uh, the it was awesome by the outlaws to, to let me do that, and I re- I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, congratulations on that. And I know uh, even last year, especially last year, uh, just having the issues of trying to travel back and forth. Kind of talk about how, how you're able to do that and kind of what challenges that uh, put on you. Yeah, so it's a, it's a lot different over here. We um, Australia seemed um, to not have a lot of cases, to be honest. Uh, I think where I live in Warrnambool there, we, we had three cases for the whole time that this, this pandemic has been going on. So they locked us down pretty hard and, and we're actually weren't, aren't allowed still to this day. We're not allowed to leave the country, you know, just willy-nilly on a holiday or a vacation. So... Um, you have to go through a lot of paperwork, a lot of visa stuff, just to be able to apply for an exemption to, to leave. So that took a long time. Um, you know, at the same time, all that happens, all the consulates and stuff are, are shut down and, you know, you have to go through emails, which takes a long longer. And um, we weren't allowed to leave the house. So that, you know, that sort of took a lot of time away from it as well. So this year I was a lot, uh, there was a lot more organised and, um, the visas were already set up, and, and it was quite easy, to be honest. It's just travelling backwards and forwards is, is near on impossible because you, you're not guaranteed to be able to get on a flight. They have flight caps flying into Australia, and they're only letting X amount of people in. So, for example, on my way home last year, there was 11 people on my plane, um, and that was it. So it's just super tough to, to get travelling, Um and then, and then a lot of time backwards and forwards with quarantine stuff that that makes it near on impossible to to do what I normally, you know, used to do where I used to fly into Florida and fly home for a week or two. And it's just uh, now I'm basically moved over here for the for the whole duration of the tour. So I have to go back a split second because I was pretty certain that I heard you say that you had to leave your family behind, and then listening to your explanation there. I'm pretty certain that, that that you definitely did say that because of how difficult it is. How difficult just mentally is that for you to become a father? And then you said you've only really got to meet him for for three weeks, and then you came stateside. I can't even imagine what that must be like to be uh, a, a new father and then uh, know, hey, I got I have a job to go do, but I, I have to go leave. Yeah, it's uh, you know I've, I've been doing this over coming over to america for for quite a while and and you know it's always tough to leave for for three months and and leave your family and friends and and stuff at home but this time was different um it was pretty tough you know to to see his little face well you know even though he probably doesn't understand who i am at the moment it was it was pretty tough to uh to do mate um honestly it was it's it's hard um but it makes me want to succeed even more because of the sacrifices we have to do and to do it and like I said I've, I've got a great great partner and, and family at home that are super supportive of what I'm doing and um, like I said fingers crossed that they can be over here in, in the middle to late um, May which will which will be awesome to have have my family on the road and um, something that I think would be, would be a pretty cool thing when we sit back and I'm 50 or 60 years old and I think that'll be a pretty cool thing to, to be able to talk to your kid about, really. 
Now, obviously, you've been coming back and forth for a few years now. What, what's been some of the biggest adjustments for you uh, just being over the U.S.? Or like, are you, Have you found some things that um, are over here that aren't over in Australia or things that um, aren't here that you do have? Um, are you warning them some, for some things they need to get themselves prepared for when they come over? Uh, I actually bought a motorhome, so we're going to be <laughs> traveling around um, and with a house on wheels. So that'll be that'll be a fun experience. I have absolutely no idea what I'll be doing, but um, it'll that'll be the fun part. I think I'll probably open the dump in the wrong spot, you know, leave a slide out out or something to break down every five minutes. But I think that'll be the you know really cool part of it, um, and it'll give us a place that we can call home. I think that's the biggest thing I miss. So much about being here. I think it's a little different for the, for the American guys on the tour because they can get home for two or three days if they need to, or hang out with their family. Where whereas while I'm here, I, I don't have a home, or um, yeah, you, you sort of no family, no friends that you've grown up with, or stuff like that. So I think for me, that's the the biggest adjustment is just getting used to that, and um, you know, obviously the whole KKR. Crew, organization our family have treat me like family so it makes it a lot easier but it's still not the same um but i think with this motorhome and and uh the opportunity to have my family here will, will be awesome uh, it'll be tough but a really cool experience i think i need to to learn to live off of four or five hours of sleep which is going to struggle <laughs> so going back to on the racetrack here for a little bit uh, as you said before, six starts for you already this season. Uh, one win, three top fives, five top tens. Uh, the season's going pretty strongly for you, but when you finish the 2021 race season uh, with the World of Outlaws, when you look back on it, what will have you saying 2021 was a successful year? Um, Honestly, mate, I, I don't. I don't really know. Like I said, I, I don't know what to expect. I've done, you know, series before with World Series at home, and it's just it's different. That's a eighteen race series. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know. Obviously, for me, I'm I'm a fair way back in the points. So I'm not like Brad or, or you know Sheldon who have to race points wise because of of where they are at in in position. But I'll. To me, I, I need to win as many races as I can and, and be out the front as, as much as I can and, you know, learn learn all these places. Like this weekend, will coming, I haven't been to these racetracks. So for me, it's it's learning and um, doing the best we can, basically. I, I think the rest will take, off, take care of itself if we, if we stay consistent and um, work well as a team, which I can see us doing really well for the rest of the year and, like I said, I want to win races. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm, in, what I'm employed to do. Um, so I think if I come away with with you know five or six wins, I, I would be pretty happy. Um, that's that's sort of my goal. Yeah. So how have you been in preparing yourself for this uh, almost 90, 90 plus race season? Really, um, like you said, obviously you're going to be in a motorhome with your family, um, all that to deal with. Have you done anything just to try and prepare yourself mentally or physically for this year? Uh, not really. Um, physically, uh, you know, you, you've got a gym here at the shop with at KKR and, um, you know, I work a little, work in there a little and, uh, I think 
for me, it's it's going to be the mental side of things. We're only six races in, and and that's you know an easy part of it. But if we start having bad nights and and uh, you know struggle uh, with car or, or me driving or, or learning a new track, I think that's where I'm going to have to dig deeper um, mentally than I've ever had to in my career. Um, but that side of things, like I said, I've got really great people. You know, Justin is a wrestling coach as well, and he's he's awesome for me. Who keeps me mentally pretty good. And and like I said, I've got you know, Casey's obviously a driver and, and a bit of a driver coach. And and then I've got you know Brad Sweet as a teammate um, to be able to to be able to talk to. And and realistically, I am a rookie, but I'm joining a team that you know has done it for a long time. So I think. That if if I was a, a new team, a new driver coming into it, I think it'd be a lot diff, a lot more difficult. But yeah, other than that, I, I not really too much preparation. I, I was halfway through house renovations, uh, obviously flat out with the with the birth of the kid, and uh, yeah, just trying to get exemptions and stuff. So I was too busy to worry about you know having to race 88 races. But uh, we're here now, and we're see how we go mentally, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, just kind of going back to let people kind of learn uh, more about James McFadden. Uh, obviously, growing up in Australia, um, how did you first get into sprint car racing, um, and where did you eventually find the World of Outlaws? Yeah, so my dad raced. Uh, we're from Alice Springs, which, if no one knows, it's right in the middle of the outback in the in the center of Australia there, and really didn't have a, a sprint car track there. Um, we used to travel. 1500 kilometers to, to go racing um so we just started off doing 10 races a year with with my mum and dad's car and um that's basically sort of all we could afford to do and and then i was lucky enough when i was 17 i got picked up by a team and and just sort of started racing around more and and you know be, becoming a better driver and and learning the ropes and started racing world series sprint cars and uh, i actually won won the championship and and at that time uh, Gene Jenkins from the 55 car out in Pennsylvania messaged me and and asked if I wanted to do to do a few shows for him over here and um yeah the rest is sort of history I've just been trying as hard as I can to to get there I think my first trip over here would have been 2012 11 or 12 and sort of been coming back ever since racing about 20 30 races or much as i can and yeah then look, look, next minute we're here <laughs> racing racing the world of outlaws for kkr so it's uh it's been a, a pretty crazy pretty crazy 10 years i suppose and um thankful for all the opportunities i've had and and I, honestly mate it's it's pretty humbling to be in the the nine car obviously it's a car that you know i grew up watching and and they've had so many great drivers driving for them and it was it's the dream car for me as a kid to drive and, and to be driving it is is pretty humbling and, and pretty special. It's definitely a lot of fun for all of us to watch you drive. I, I tell everybody, they always ask, like, you always get the question, what's your favorite race so far? And mine is still uh, Fairbury a couple of years ago watching you, Brad, and Kyle just kind of going at it. That was just a lot of fun to see you guys uh, better like that and uh, be able to throw the cars around there. So that's definitely a lot of fun to watch you out there. That um, race was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun until I hit the tractor tire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, just, there's a lot of 
cool places like that, just kind of random places in different areas around? Are, are there, is there anywhere or any particular track you're looking forward to the most this year? Uh, Paisley was a big one that I was excited for. I hadn't been there for, for three years. and um, Like I said, I'm, I'm a short track guy. I really enjoy the elbows up. Um, you know, you can you can find so many different lines on a on a small track. So I, I enjoy that sort of stuff. But for me, I'm really looking forward to just improving as much as I can on the bigger tracks and and learning them. And um, I've been doing it long enough now to not have any excuses why I'm not you know fast or slow on on big tracks. And um, I think for me, that's going to be the the funnest part is just learning how to you know be faster. We I really look forward to racing Eldora. I suck there, to be honest, mate. <laughs> um, and even though I'm not very good there, I, I really enjoy it. So to lead laps, a couple laps there last year was really cool. So, so you get a feel for it and, and what you sort of need in a car. And, and that, for me, I think the hardest part about this tour is, is understanding you know, how how your car needs to be every night um, on all these different tracks. So. I don't think there's one I'm looking forward to the most. Um, I just look forward to racing, to be honest. I, there's not a bad track in my view. I just enjoy every time I get to strap into a car is I've got the best job in the world. So that's the way I look at it. I feel like if I if I dislike one, then that's going to affect the way I drive. So I try to find the best in every track. And like I said, I'm, I'm a small track guy, so I probably look forward to those the most. I think that's a, a super cool attitude that you you have there with uh, you know just being loving by loving being behind the wheel of the car and saying you get the best job in the world. That's just awesome stuff. But uh, whether you're winning races or not, I think it's fair to say that you're winning the beard game with the World of Outlaws. Uh, I don't think anyone has a better beard on, in the series than you do. There's no way that you're just going. Oh, I just woke up this way. How are you taking care of that thing and making it as fantastic as it is? Because I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> yeah, I, Donnie had a good beard going there for a while. Um, I'd like to see Brad with one; it'd be pretty patchy, I'd say. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I look like a twelve-year-old kid when I shave my beard, so it's just been something that I've had growing for a while. It, a lot of work, a lot of work. Got to comb it, condition it, um, beard oil, all that sort of fun stuff. Otherwise, it gets super curly and out of control. But yeah, I reckon I might just keep rolling it and see how see how big we can get it, see if I can marry it into my chest hair at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> I know last year wasn't it uh, you went to a barber and asked them to trim it up, they went a little too far with it. Are you very more are you more careful with it now? Yeah, absolutely. I've rolled out looking like Enrique Iglesias, so <laughs> that won't be happening again. We'll uh Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to keep control of, um and especially when it gets really hot. I I sort of wanna trim it down when it's when it's hot but i think it's a bit of a, a signature thing i've got going right now so I'll, I'll leave it and grow it out as, as best i can i do remember that night last year i think you rolled up for the dash draw and, and i remember watching in our Dirt vision studio in concord and i'm like wait who's that guy that's drawing for james mcfadden because that's not him because the beard was gone <laughs> yeah it's uh i scare myself in the mirror when i look without a beard so i'll be trying to keep it as long as i can <laughs> well i think we all want you to now uh convince brad to grow a beard as well so uh we'll look forward to seeing that happen too (laughs) well i'll 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 ask him here later we'll uh we'll discuss it and i'll give him some tips maybe some fertilizer (laughs) for his face or something (laughs) 
Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, thank you for the time. No, no worries, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, good luck. Thank you. Well, that was really fun. Yeah, it was great that uh, James could come on and join us right after that fun weekend he had. Super fun. Uh, I mean, I knew he wouldn't be uh, a letdown of a guest for sure because every interview that he does at the racetrack is just fantastic. Saturday was absolutely hilarious. I, I appreciate when people speak their mind. <laughs> he didn't let down on Saturday. No, he was honest. He was just open and honest what he thought happened. I loved it. It was so funny. I, I was... I had my dog sleeping to my right, and I started laughing out loud that he woke up, and I felt a little bit bad, but then at the same time, I didn't because it was just so funny. Yeah, it was great. It's, like you said, you know, it is it is what it is, just a racing thing, but uh, definitely made for entertainment on our part, at least. Um, but both races, Tri-State, as I think we said before, Tri-State and Kokomo were just awesome, as usual. Um, oh, yeah. Kokomo yeah. just doesn't disappoint uh, because, let's be real, it's Kokomo. And and I would still say last year's race was probably a bit more exciting, but Kokomo is still so much fun. And then, oh, my goodness. I, I know that the Rev was a phenomenal race, but I, I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's a little bit of recency bias. I don't know. But I may have to put Saturday's race as, at, at Hopsod as race of the year. Uh, and, and the best part, it's only mid-April. Yeah, there's so many good races to come, especially uh, this weekend. Uh, but let's take a look back first. Kokomo, obviously James got his third career win there. Um, Brad Sweet, his teammate, was second, one to finish for KKR. Uh, that was Brad's 10th podium of the year in eighth in a row in just 13 races. That's ridiculous. I mean, we're, we're at the point now. I, I know that we've been talking all year long about how we're going to have a, a really tight championship battle, and it's, it's still kind of tight at the top but he's really starting to stretch it out at this point um you know after saturday night now he's 92 points ahead on sheldon we'll get to why here in a second but um the consistency that brad sweet and that 4019 continue to show it's just absolutely incredible yeah it's it's uh no uh surprise why they're two-time champions in a row um but Maybe a little surprise to some people. Justin Peck, third uh, behind him, getting a podium finish. Um, I'll see his first podium, first top five with the Outlaws in general. Um, he's been on fire this year, you know, winning against the Posse, getting uh, that all-star win opener. So uh, I think we might see more from him this year as well. Yeah, to be honest with you, I was actually thinking he may have a legitimate shot at a win this past weekend. Uh, like you said, he's got an all-star win this year already. I think he's won at least once, maybe twice at Williams Grove already. Um, he and that 13 car have been extremely strong, and uh, I I don't see it slowing down anytime soon either. Definitely. Speaking of not slowing down, Sheldon Hardcharger from 21st to 5th, uh, there's definitely a thought that he might be able to get the win with maybe a few or more laps at Kokomo. Uh, going back-to-back, obviously he had that awesome pass uh, last year between Donnie and Reitzel. And uh, speaking of Donnie, another unfortunate uh, incident for him i believe it was looked like it was blown motor looked like a lot of oil on the track so uh, just the bad luck just keeps continuing for that tsr team yeah I, I said it uh later on in the weekend too but man if donnie didn't have bad luck right now he'd just have no luck at all i am absolutely blown away by by what's been going on with he and that 15 team uh you you, you and i planned 
back in late January or early February uh, for having him on the show for his 300th win by now, for sure. We figured it was going to come up. Volusia, obviously, it came close, and they had the uh, ignition issue on the uh, Sunday night, I believe it was, and that was one of what's become many heartbreakers for, for Donnie throughout this year. We know when 300 is coming. We know he's going to get a win at some point in, in 2021, but at the same time, it's like things just keep going wrong. When is it when is it going to turn around for Donnie Schott? Yeah, it's just crazy. Just, just the amount of bad luck, you know, right when it happened, I was like, all right, who tweeted about 300? I thought we talked about this. There's You don't talk about 300 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair to put the blame on uh, our producer, Nick White, because he keeps saying before every show, he goes, tonight's the night. Get it all ready. Get everything ready for, for what we got to do for Donnie's 300. And then, and then something happens. So if anyone's looking for a scapegoat, I think it's fair to uh, put Nick White in that category. Um, I think I'm even about to go find his, uh, his Twitter handle here and make sure that everyone knows uh, what it is. Great. Now, now he can't go to a race at all, especially a sprint car race. They're going to hunt him down and find him. Well, we'll, yeah, right. Well, they might just think he's Brad Sweet, so we'll see. <laughs> I'm just going through Brad. <laughs> yes, for, the, for those of you out there, his Twitter handle is at Nick underscore NW Audio. So, uh, again, that's the person that it keeps putting the uh, the old jinx on Donnie Shops. If you're looking for a scapegoat, uh, just, just let him have it, everyone. Or, or just be super nice and tell him that he's doing a fantastic job uh, producing uh, Open Red and making it sound great because um, – we wouldn't be able to do Nick Nick Graziano and I wouldn't be able to to do what we're doing and sound as, as good as we do if we didn't have Nick White in the background helping us out. Yeah, you should hear the unedited version of these shows. Whew. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough, <laughs> we don't right? sound like this at all. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, th- thank you. Just wanted to give a quick shout out there to Nick White. Yeah, definitely. In Big thanks for me last week. But again, I mean, if you're again, if you're still looking for a scapegoat. He's right there. Yeah, it might be. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, also, another thing that was kind of cool, uh, trying not to give too much more hate to Nick there, <laughs> um, we saw Alex Bowman debut his uh, sprint car team with us, uh, CJ Leary. Unfortunately, he didn't make the show, but uh, it was cool to see um, another team out there. Yeah, that was very cool. And I, I got to tell you, man, that the the red and white 55 Valvoline car is, is really stunning. That is a really sharp, sharp. Oh, race yeah. car that... Alex Bowman and his team have prepared uh, for C.J. Leary. Definitely. Uh, unfortunately, um, I believe there's uh, C.J. Uh, had a bit of an illness, and he was supposed to race at Hopstop, but couldn't, but Spencer Basin filled in for him um, at Tri-State and actually had a pretty decent run. He finished 11th, um, which obviously we've been talking about uh, Hopstop a lot. That was another really fun race that uh, went to Carson Macedo, his eighth career win. Um, but then talking about Sheldon, you know, Sheldon looked like that could have been his, but unfortunately tire cut down, uh, late in the race and, uh, that ended another chance of another win. Yeah. Uh, that was, man, that was, that was pretty sad to see, to be honest with you, because as we've talked internally and a lot of people have talked about, and then, uh, our, our, our friend Matt Weaver brought up on Twitter on Saturday after the race, the talk a couple of years ago was that Sheldon is, is super fast but has to stop beating himself. And then they would be able to be consistent enough to compete for a championship. Well, now they've gotten to the point where Sheldon is no longer beating himself. Sheldon is doing everything he can, and it just seems to be by happenstance uh, from time to time, like this past Saturday, something goes wrong and spoils 
what would have been otherwise a stellar run. Yeah, it's just for you know it's tight racing, so it's kind of anything can happen there. It's just always got to be uh, careful, especially in the, around those little bull rings. Um, but obviously, James uh, McFadden finished second. Uh, I believe uh, that's his fourth top five and seven starts. He was hard charger eleventh, the second. Another really strong run for him. That, that I think they're going to be you're going to see a lot more uh, wins out of that nine car for sure. Um, and then right behind him, uh, Tyler Courtney, his second ever uh, top five finish with the Outlaws and first podium. A uh, really strong run for him too. That was really cool. Uh, back before you you joined and Ross left, Ross and I had Tyler Courtney on the show late last year uh, to just talk about his transition to running the winged cars and and how different and difficult it's been. And you know his goal is just to keep making progress. And I would say a podium with the Outlaws is definitely progress. That's for sure. I think we'll see. He's another young one coming up that we'll see a lot from. Um, definitely got a good example of that between him and Justin. I think uh, the future of sprint car racing is pretty bright. Uh, we're going to have a lot more uh, really good young talent coming up here. Yeah, I definitely can't disagree with that one. It's, it's, it's a fun time for sprint car racing right now, that's for sure. For sure. Um, and speaking of fun time for sprint car racing, uh, this weekend we have more sprint car racing, more fun sprint car racing. Coming up will be at Lawton Speedway, April 16th, and then Devil's Bowl Speedway, April 17th. Um, I'll see a couple, two big fun tracks. Well, Lawton, a little bit small track, but uh, big in the sense that it's been one of the original tracks on the tour, you know, since 1978. We hadn't been there in, since, like, I think 1985 uh, last year, but Darren Pittman got that pretty uh, emotional um, hometown home state win at Lawton last year and then Devil's Bowl that ha- big half mile uh, original track birthplace of the world of outlaws uh, Logan Shearts won there uh, two in a row so it's going to be another fun weekend yeah I can't wait I really enjoy uh, when the series goes to Devil's Bowl it's uh, always a fun place to watch uh, you know you mentioned Logan Shuhart winning there in, in the last two years 2020 and 2019 uh, it might be a perfect place for him to turn things around because the uh, what a struggle he had this past weekend, it seemed like, at, at both races. Yeah, unfortunate luck at Kokomo and just a little bit of struggle at Hopstot. So I think these couple races coming up will suit his driving style a little bit more and uh, see him back up there again for sure. So who are you picking to win Friday night at Lawton Speedway? At Lawton, I think we'll see Sheldon back up there and possibly snag the win. At Devil's Bowl... I wouldn't be surprised if we see three in a row from Logan, honestly. Okay, okay. So I'm going to go Friday night at Lawton with uh, being that it's a, another quarter mile boring, even though he said just a few minutes ago with us that he's never been there before. I'm going to pick our guest from today, James McFadden. He just loves himself from short track racing. Uh, he proved that this past weekend, and I think he's going to prove it again on Friday night. And then on Saturday, I can't believe that I, I'm – considering this going out on a limb but i'm going to go out on a limb and say that the bad luck streak is going to finally come to an end and donnie shock is going to get his fourth win at devil's bowl uh, he's got wins in 2014 15 and 2018 uh and that would be um mr 300 that'd so be, that's my pick yeah that'd be quite a cool thing uh for him to get 300th at the birthplace of the world of all obviously that was the very first ever uh, race for the World of Outlaws was at Devil's Bowl Speedway. So that'd be pretty cool, pretty historic in uh, multiple fashions. Yeah, I think that would be a phenomenal thing to see for him. But like you said, one of the one of the most 
prolific and, and decorated drivers in the history of the series. Getting that 300th win at the birthplace, it would just it would be, like I said, pretty poetic. And actually, uh, speaking of Darren Pittman, who won at Lawton Speedway, we got a little bit of news uh, about Darren. Uh, he's got a new ride, uh, at least uh, part-time-wise, uh, with uh, Swindale Speed Lab. I think they said their first race will be at Eldora, so it'll be really cool to see Darren back in a car this year and hopefully uh, a lot of outlaw races, too. Yeah, that's uh, super cool. Congratulations to Darren for uh, for landing at least a part-time ride. It's, Darren's one of the good guys, so it's going to be sure. great to see him back. Yeah, Darren was the very first driver ever interviewed on this job, and he was super nice, super friendly, uh, was willing to talk about anything. So, yeah, it'll be really cool to see him back on uh, a few races at least. I won't say back on tour full-time. Who knows? You never know. But, um, yeah, at least back racing some. Absolutely. Uh, I want to take a quick look at the points here since we had a, a pretty wild weekend. Again, you know, Saturday night, Sheldon was, was running away with the race as that cut tire. Has to, to go to the work area. I think he came back to finish 14th. But, you know, Brad wasn't having the greatest of nights on Saturday. It could have been a big points night for Sheldon. And instead it went the opposite way. So Brad Sweet continues to, to lead, but he's now up 92 points over second place Sheldon Hottenshield. 98 points back and third is David Gravel. Those are the only two guys within 100 points now. As, as we said, Brad Sweet running as strong as he is is starting to stretch it out here a little bit. Uh, tied for fourth, 110 points back are Carson Macedo and Logan Schuhart. Carson gets the edge because of his win on Saturday night. That that breaks the tie, two wins to one. Aaron Reitzel sits sixth place in points, 134 points back. I, I can't believe that he's seventh in points, 184 markers back. That is the 10-time champion, Donnie Schopp. Again, that is seventh in points, 184 points back. Donnie Shop, That's kind of crazy. Uh, now we're moving on to eighth place. Craig Kinzer, 238, 234 points back. I got a little ahead of myself because in ninth place is Brock Zierfoss, Zierfoss, 318 points back. And then rounding at the top 10 is double down Jason Stein, 348 points out of the lead. And uh, by winning and finishing second this weekend, James McFadden has moved up to 16th in points. 458 points behind his teammate Brad Sweet, and I believe that is just 120 points out of the top 10. So with plenty of races to go, uh, I remember when Casey was on the show, he said that a top 10 in points is definitely not out of the question for James McFadden, and uh, so far he's looking to be correct. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we definitely know James is going to get uh, multiple wins this year. They're just on that kind of run, especially with how good KKR just is in general. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up in the top 10. And then obviously the owner points for that nine team, uh, they're going to be pretty strong, I think, just competing with uh, their own 49 team as well. Absolutely. Uh, you, we mentioned uh, a little bit ago Lawton Speedway, Devil's Bowl Speedway, the doubleheader this weekend in Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, you can get your tickets at worldofoutlaws.com. And then the week after that, the long-awaited 20-year uh, in-the-making return to the last great Coliseum, Bristol Motor Speedway for the Bristol Throwdown, uh, April, what is it, 22nd through the 24th? Yep. 22nd, we'll have uh, practice night, which really you're not going to want to miss watching sprint cars hit the track for the first time in 20 years. Uh, I'm definitely going to be watching. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Friday night, we have uh, the Super Dirt Car Series and the World of Outlaw now starting to drink sprint cars racing along with Saturday as well. 
Absolutely. You can get your tickets for that. I believe that is at BristolMotorSpeedway.com. And as Nick said, practice night is Thursday night. A, that is open to the public, and B, if you cannot make it uh, to any of these events, especially on practice night, you can watch them on DirtVision.com. We have, if you don't know by now, I don't know how you know because it's been literally going on for a couple of years now. Every single event for the World of Outlaws, not energy drinks, sprint cars is live on DirtVision. This year, every single event for the aforementioned Super Dirt Car Series Big Block Modifieds is also now live on DirtVision. Uh, this weekend, well, practice night, I should say, is actually free. So if you're not yet a subscriber, you're kind of teetering on the edge, want to check us out, practice night for the Bristol Throwdown is free. So that's one way to, to check us out. Yeah, for sure. It's a really fun way to see cars on track and get yourself prepared for the weekend. See who's uh, going to be fast, who's going to set some really quick times i believe uh the track record from the last time is about like a 13 8 let's see the uh late models got down to a 14 9 so i wouldn't be surprised if we might see the sprint cars hit that 12 second bracket thursday night yeah i believe you were right it was a 13 8 set by samus Lindell back in 2001 uh i believe ricky weiss's lap this past weekend and the late model was a 15 9 5 5 uh that was that was ridiculously fast. Um, I cannot wait to see what the sprint cars do. Um, like you said, tune in on, on, on Thursday to see who is fast, but I'm going to go out on a limb and make a, uh, a very bold prediction. Everyone is going to be fast. Yes. Car in Bristol. <laughs> yes, everyone is going to be fast. It's hard not to be fast there. It's just that track just demands it. Absolutely. Um, also, Nick, I, I believe... Where can the fans get some World of Outlaws merchandise online? Oh, you know, you can get it at store.worldofoutlaws.com. There's a lot of cool hats and T-shirts. Um, and, you know, if you're at the track, we've got the official souvenir trailer there as well. I believe you can find some World of Outlaw Bristol Throwdown uh, gear there when we get to Bristol Motor Speedway. So a lot of cool merchandise to uh, display yourself with. So did you say that, what was the web link again? Store.worldofoutlaws.com. All right. I'm going to have to go and do that once we get off the show here. Get yourself a nice t-shirt, nice wet shirt, maybe a hat, prepare for the nice weather coming up. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like a plan. I'm going to have to go do that. For sure. Um, so uh, let's let's wrap here so I can go get myself some new, some new merchandise. And then uh, we'll be back in about a week's time. Yep, and I believe we'll be talking about Bristol quite a bit because it's going to be Bristol week. It's Bristol, baby. But first, it's Lawton and Devil's Bowl, baby, and we'll be talking about that as well next week. Again, you can watch all the action live at DirtVision.com if you can't make it to the track. But if you can, we urge you to do so. Get your tickets at WorldOfOutlaws.com. And until then, my name's Rob Blount. I am Nick Graziano. Go we'll have a great you. week. Bye-bye. Hashtag Open Red.